everyone. Um, thank you for joining SBC Leaders Podcast. I'm Kelly King, Global Relationship Director for SBC. And today we are in sunny Miami at SBC Summit Latino America. We are here at the conference and this is our very first podcast where we are in the same room together. It's very exciting. So um, to introduce SBC Leaders, is um, an association of operators and operator associations, the top operators in the world, brought together to push innovation, to talk about major issues, and to enhance the industry's reputation overall. Our next guest on the podcast is Yossi Abadi. He is the co-founder and CEO of Tenla Group. Yossi Abadi is an Israeli lawyer and entrepreneur with more than 15 years of business experience in Latin America, Africa, and Israel. He was named uh, by Forbes magazine as the most recognized Israeli in Central America and one of the leading opinion leaders in the region. Mr. Abadi engages in global entrepreneurship, facilitating multi-million dollar business deals with national, regional, and local governments and their representatives, as well as social development projects, having far-reaching impacts for local populations in areas where the businesses operates. I've been waiting a very long time for this one and it is truly my pleasure to welcome Yossi Abadi to the show. Welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, especially right now in the same room together. It is wonderful to be together, I agree. So I would like to kick off this particular show and talk about 10 Lot first yeah. and then we'll talk about some of your ideas on leadership. So. Ten Lot, for those of you who don't know, is a lottery and gaming platform, platform provider and operator, active in numerous countries globally, um, through local subsidiaries on behalf of national governments, and in close cooperation with respectable charitable organizations. So as a global provider, I'd like to know from you, what's attracted you most about Central America and the Caribbean? Well, C Central America is a fascinating region. Uh, first of all, with the great people, uh, great atmosphere um, in the sense that it is much to grow in terms of industry compared to any other region in the continent. You can see that in many countries you can still see the pre-printed, the traditional lottery, um, much less innovative uh, products. So then you understand that that's your place to be in, you know, where there is the best potential to grow. And in that sense, I am convinced that, uh, of course, compared to other regions, um, it is uh, a place where the potential is transmitted through many, many aspects of, uh, that we have experienced as a company. Great. So speaking of growth, um, how much do you think the region is going to grow short term and long term? Mm -hmm. um, compared to other jurisdictions? Uh... Look, of course, the South America, American market is a very mature one. You can see that in Argentina, in Uruguay, you can see the great uh, legislation transformation that we see uh, in Brazil, which is a continental uh, mm -hmm. um, size effect. Um, a lot of uh, unregulated countries are going to the path of regulation, but then, as mentioned, if you take into consideration the fact that Central America is so um, so few innovative products implemented and that the operators that actually access the market are international operators that just added mm -hmm. another IP into their system, you, you understand that the, the people are 
much more interested in having a local operator, someone they can relate to much more than just uh, international uh, operation um, uh, brand. Yeah. Uh, in, in that sense, I believe that we have been very successful uh, in entering uh, different countries like Costa Rica, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, right now entering to the Asian market in a sense that we, we participate with the people in the growth of the company and the industry. Great. So focus on localization and are those customers ready for all this technical innovation that you're bringing? Look, they use it on a daily basis on their phone when they buy over the, over the internet, yeah. uh, in eBay and when they order their food. They just need the right product to be there, you <laughs> know. Right. And uh, people uh, tend to think that in a less developed countries, um, you have less developed technology, and it's not true. The great example is Kenya. We operate in Kenya. We are uh, the oldest and most experienced lottery in Kenya for over 15 years, 50-50 years. Kenya charity sweepstake with hundreds of point of sale, thousands of of, uh, uh, of players. And you know that uh, the phone, the mobile money, uh, is the most advanced industry compared to any country in the world. More than 90% of the GDP of Kenya goes through the mobile money and then we are active there. So that's an industry input that, that, that we are using and the same thing we are going to bring to Central America. That's incredible. When you think about the number of transactions that are happening on a daily basis yeah. around the world with customers, it's absolutely shocking. So I think I already know the answer to this question, and I think we can already see it. <laughs> but I want to talk, because you are very passionate, and your keynote today was very, very passionate as well, so I encourage anyone who didn't see it to watch it on, on the stream. But talk to me about your leadership style. Um, in part, how quickly Tenlot is sort of going around the world and growing. And then talk to me about, you know, what, what's driving you? What do you love about what you're doing with Tenlot? Okay, so as you said, uh, I, I have to say that um, the passion uh, is the uh, characteristic that uh, motivates me to, to lead any kind of project. Without passion, you cannot dream, and without dreaming, you cannot succeed. Um, I think that the involvement in the details and the motivation of my team staff is the most important element that I found uh, in the company. We've grown uh, not because of money, we, we've grown because of people mm -hmm. and people need motivation at the end of the day. They need to feel that they belong to something, that they take part in something. Most of executives sit around the table in front of the screens. I, I go to the crowd. My wife is not so happy but I travel <laughs> a lot. And, and the reason I do that is because I feel that people should be identified mm. with the vision that you are uh, bringing to the company. We are in a very interesting industry that people tend to think that it's about gaming, gambling or money. It's much more than that. At the end of the day, in order to have a successful company, you need to have successful leadership within each of any of those jurisdictions. And I feel very comfortable um, to know that I have left that trace in many of the places in which we have visited and injected that uh, sense of passion in, yeah. <laughs> in, in, my team, in, my, in my team leaders. Yeah. 
I think it's often said that we don't buy products, we buy people or ideas. So I would guess that it's very easy to buy things from you because you are so passionate. Thank you. And that comes across. <laughs> Um, you also have extensive experience in investments mm-hmm. and politics yeah. um, in roles that you've held before your CEO at Tema. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to me a bit about how that experience has played into what you're doing now and what you've learned, perhaps what you take with you, but also what you've left behind? Look, um, at the end of the day, I think that everything we do leave a mark in, in, in what you are as a person. Uh, I've experienced incredible uh, experiences in Israel. I've lived in Mexico for many years. Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. Also, my wife is from there. That's my biggest gift from that (laughs) fantastic country. And what I learned is that the person at the end of the day defines his own role. Mm. Uh, People tend, in many industries, go after the title that they're given by their executives. And it's not just in this industry. I think that you create your role in the company. I, I can tell you that in many countries, someone that has started as a driver right now is a logistic manager. Mm-hmm. Because we see people. Yeah. And I think that is the main characteristics about our company. And I, 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 I have learned, besides the, the, the passion aspect and define the, besides the fact that you define your own role within a company, that, you know, the fact that I, that I have been sitting in my previous roles with presidents and with ministers in many countries around the world. I, I remember sitting with the Minister of Energy and Mines and negotiating the um, alliance with the Dominican Republic Energy Strategy. You learn to lose fear. Mm-hmm. And fear is an element that stops many people from reaching the destination. Um, and at the end of the day, that fear uh, losing is the most important effect that I feel as a person yeah. that has motivated me to, to break paradigms, to, to think differently, to, to be able to take risks when entering to, to a country. And that has been amazing. Right. And is that part of uh, what you impart on your staff as well? Or they, do you teach them not to have fear in I, I, I don't teach them. I demand them. <laughs> you know, uh, we live in a region where right yes. now in, in Latin America Summit, we live in a region where the boss philosophy yeah. uh, is... Uh, when I travel and I, I see people tend to, to call their executive boss. Yeah. And I don't like it because you create uh, hierarchies that at the end of the day, imp- uh, they stop you, they, they block you for sharing your opinion. Yeah. Every time I start a meeting, I ask my staff to, th- to say what is wrong, mm-hmm. um, what we should improve, because people should feel that they can participate in the evolution mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of a company and that will be able only by knowing that you can Share your opinion in an open uh, atmosphere. That's great. I'm a big passionate, uh, I'm very passionate about diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. anyway. So having an inclusive culture is really important, especially we're investing so much money and time and effort into our people. Then you want them to to feel that they belong and stay for a long time. And is the result that they 
they stay and they're producing more and innovating and is that what you're finding? That, that's exactly, you know, every time I, I in many companies, you have like a, a, a time frame that yes. they need to go to come at 8 o'clock and leave at 5. And when you see people staying until night, yeah. I am profoundly um, uh, recognize that because at the end of the day, they don't stay because we ask them. Yeah. They stay because they want because they feel that they are part of a big family that is evolutionating and that they are taking part in, in, in the growth of the company and that's exactly the sense of, of belonging that, that we are giving to them. Great. So this is a question that I ask all of my guests. Mm -hmm. I normally ask about sports and sports betting. You have to be a sports fan to run a sports betting company. But this is slightly different. Uh, do you have to be a gambler to run a gambling company? Look, it's a great question. Uh, I don't think that you need to be a gambler in order to lead a gambling company. The same way I don't think that you need to be a pilot in order to lead an uh, airline company. Mm. At the end of the day, you need to be a passionate leader in order to lead any institution, organization, charity foundation, or big bank or enterprise. At the end of the day, is the passion that you give to what you do that yeah. determines the success of the company or the project that, that you're leading. And I, I, I have learned that because I, I, I don't have any background in, in, uh, <laughs> in, in purchasing uh, scratch tickets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy to be uh, taking part in a very successful company yeah. that does it. Yeah. So where does this passion come from? Do you have a role model? Do you have a hero that you look to? Look, I have to be honest, I don't believe in heroes. I do believe in exceptional people. Mm. My best friend, his name is Wilson. He's a Catholic priest. He's a director of an orphanage school in the Dominican Republic. I am his best friend as a Jewish businessman an entrepreneur. <laughs> I have learned from him that the real objectives in life are not money or material objectives. And I have spent many months of my life during my um, university studies in my summer breaks going to volunteer in his orphanage school in Santo Domingo. I have uh, met um, 12 years ago a uh, great kid, Jonathan. Uh, he was not only orphan, he was all, all, also burned uh, all over. A very uh, critical um, yeah. medical situation with no hope. A week ago, I got to know that he is a top student in a university in the United States. At the end of the day, this is the result of a leadership and vision of that Wilson, good friend yeah. in a Great Caribbean island that has inspired me during all my life in order to see what really matters in everything you do. And when you profoundly believe in that, yeah. the success will come along. I find that um, some of our best relationships are when we have someone who has a completely different perspective or comes from a completely different background, but you can find the mutual 
respect, adoration, uh, understand one another. So is that, is that how you might listen? Is that, uh, that what you... it, it is exactly that. Mm. And I, I, I have learned something else, and we discussed it before. At the end of the day, it's not only losing the fear of mm. doing something. The most, I, I have, I've learned that the most difficult thing for people, and it's funny, it's the ability to dream. Mm. to imagine, to be able to break the paradigms of your day-to-day -day life. And once, once you see someone that is doing so and you follow that steps and you, big, you, you dream big enough, then you, you, you convert your dreams into an action item list. And then it is much easier to succeed in any corporation. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, in this very long and storied and amazing career with amazing people that you've had along your way, mm -hmm. is there a moment that you can tell me about that led you to 10 Lot as CEO? Is there a moment that changed your path? Look, I remember as a child um, dreaming about being a lawyer. That was my biggest dream. Um, a litigator. I actually studied law, I finished my school, I started to work at the biggest law firm. And one day, someone called me and offered me to lead a political campaign in Colombia. And of course, I had to take the time uh, to process it because I was living my dream as a lawyer. A week after, um, someone called me from the Dominican Republic with the same offer. Th that was like a god uh, yeah. Um, you know, sense yes. and instruction. Yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting in front of my parents, telling them, Mom, Dad, I'm leaving, but just for a year. After six years, they were very happy that I came <laughs> back with my wife to live in Israel so they can raise their grandsons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that decision to assume risks, to take a step out of your comfort zone, of fulfilling what you think that is your dream, took me to a tremendous adventure mm -hmm. in a fascinating continent, Latin America and the Caribbean, uh, in which I discovered great people. I have um, had great alliances yeah. and I've learned so much. I also improved my Spanish quite well. Um, <laughs> and that I think was a very decisive moment in my personal life um, in terms of what brought me to tell it at the end of the day. Yeah. So you recognize the open door. Yeah. But without losing the fear, you can't walk through it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and tell me now, um, it must be very exciting and it must be your journey. Um, there must be lots of surprises, mm -hmm. especially when you go into new countries, especially when you're meeting new people. Is there one particular thing as a CEO that has surprised you? Look, uh, being an Israeli that works in Latin America and Africa, I discovered that the cultural adaptation to the area is the most important component in the success of any company, especially in this industry. I have met many American and European corporations trying to impose their own working style into a continent that thinks absolutely different. Yeah. And what I have discovered 
uh, in this in this in this um, path that and I'm proud of it that our administration has had a lot of patience in order to understand that you need to give it a, a certain amount of time uh, to mature to create a, a, a staff a team and more most of the companies look for quick wins mm-hmm. uh, but they they have a quick lose yeah. uh, <laughs> at the end of the day you need to adapt yourself to the countries in which you operate and uh, to, to, to get the understanding that American style will not work yeah. in, uh, in Nairobi and European uh, British style would not work in uh, Guatemala City. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's, has been a very, very major issue uh, in, in our experience as a company. Great. Um, so patience then, with all this passion, yeah. and you also have to have patience. <laughs> I, 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 I think that my, my wife is surprised because I am not so patient uh, yeah. normally, <laughs> but in this case, that has been a very important component and characteristics in our success. That's great. That's wonderful. So, um, final question. Yeah. What's next for you? What's next for Tenlock? What can we expect in 2022? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think that we're going very strong to open operations in other countries, both in Latin America and in Africa. Um, but I think that what will represent 2020 and uh, 2021 is the fact that we are going to push very strong our B2B department. We have developed an extraordinary in-house lottery platform with many innovative characteristics and I want to share the good with the world. So there are many operators uh, looking for um, uh, new providers um, and as our um, as a company we operate with our own platform and right now we're going to open the door to uh, third parties uh, and I'm sure that it will be very very successful because we're not going to bring them only technology, but also great practices, uh, advice, metrics, and uh, accumulated experience in a very, very challenging jurisdictions. Great. So for those operators or partners who are looking for passion, who are looking Uh, to go on this journey with you with a localized flair, then they should be... uh, they should call us. They should call us. No, should give us a call. Okay. <laughs> Fab. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. My sincerest thanks. Yes, Thank you for joining. inviting me. It was a real pleasure, and that was a lot of fun. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. This has been the ninth episode of SBC Leaders Podcast. I'm Kelly Keane, Global Relationship Director for SBC. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or you can watch directly on gamblingtv.com. Thanks for watching.